What a day that will be. Amen? That's not no fiction that one day that one day Jesus Christ is going to come get His children. Amen? All the cares of this world will be gone. And, but just what a day that will be. What a glad reunion day that will be. Amen? Come on, preach on this morning when your get up and go has got up and gone. Amen? How many of y'all ever feel like that before? Amen? Feels like that to a lot of us. Let's all stand as I read from Ephesians. I'm going to get started this morning. Excited about God's Word this morning. Paul here is writing to the church at Ephesus. And this church has... Uh, they're losing heart. They're, they're a busy church. They love the Lord. They're saved children of God. Did you know that saved people can lose heart? <laughs> Get discouraged? And Paul could see that in this church just... Uh, not from from a, it was from many many different things were happening to the church. Whether it was the devil attacking the church, whether just the people were going through different trials in every family, and and Paul Paul wrote probably one of the greatest prayers in all of God's word right here to this church, trying to encourage the church. And and this is how if you're going through a trial today, if you're going through something today, there's nothing on the outside that's going to fix what you're going through. It has to start on the inside. And this is where Paul starts with this prayer to the church of starting on the inside of their heart. Look in verse 13. He says, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations, for you which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father and to the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, here comes the part, to be strengthened with the might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that you, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ with past His knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able, to exceedingly and abundantly above all, that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your presence today. And Lord, there may be someone here that needs to be strengthened this morning. Maybe they're losing heart. And Lord, right here in Your Word, You tell us how we can be strengthened. It's not about on the fixing the outside up, but being strengthened by our spirits and our inner man and our souls. And In return, Lord, we'll see how big Your love is. How tall, how wide, how deep, how long. Your love that You had for us. And Lord, when we're filled up with that, Lord, we know that You're able. And Lord, I pray today that Whoever's here that, that, that may be down in heart, Lord, that You'd encourage us through Your Word in a special way. Lord, we give You permission, we give You access to move in this service this morning. Speak to our hearts, strengthen us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Paul is talking about power here, and real power. When, when you talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, it's more than just how loud you yell. Power of the Holy Spirit is more than how much you raise your hand. You can dance and run up down this aisle. Uh, that's not what the power he's talking about, amen? He's not talking about the outward things that you do. He's talking about the power that's on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit. If you're a child of God this morning, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen. 
How many of y'all agree with that? That's what seals us, Paul said, to the day of redemption. That's what Jesus is looking for when He comes back to get His church is save people. He's looking for the ones that have been sealed. And so, Paul, it's very important that you understand the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives us eternal life and it keeps us eternal life, but it allows us to go through everyday life and to be strengthened. And if you're not tapping into that power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you, then you're just kind of just walking through life. If you don't hear Jesus during the week, if you don't hear God speak to you, if you don't hear Him convict you, then then you're going to lose heart. And that's what Paul could see inside this church. They were doing a lot of church, but were they really hearing the voice of God? And they were losing heart. Go back to that one, Michelle, in in, in verse 13. I love how Paul said he bowed on his knees. There's nothing wrong with going to the Lord and bowing on your knees. Amen? Some of us are too big to get low enough to be used by God. That's what D.L. Moody said one time. You've got to get low enough to be big enough in the sight of God. And Paul said, I'm not afraid to bow. I know the man. I met him on the road to Damascus. I know how he struck me down. I know how he saved my soul. I know the great works that he's done in my life. I am not afraid to bow to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you've got to get to that point in your life, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of suffering, in the middle of persecution, that you don't mind bowing down. And Paul is bowing down on the behalf of this church. He says, therefore I ask, he says, go back to 13, yeah, that I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations, but also at your tribulations that you're going through. Don't lose heart. Anybody know what that means? Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. How many times, just this last week, did the devil want you to lose heart? People, other things, want you to throw in the towel. Want you to give up, discourage you. The de- Listen, that's the devil's main goal of every day is discourage the church. And there's many churches that meet on Sunday, they meet and they sing and they just lose heart. You can see it in their worship. You can Listen, and I'm not talking about our, we can stand here all day and raise hands and hoop and holler. That don't mean we're a strong church. Amen. Now, God wants us to express our worship and, and listen, it needs to be free in this building to worship God. When it's on the inside of you, it's going to come out on the outside. And so we need to be free to worship. That's not what I'm saying. It's hard enough to get Baptists to worship. You don't want to tone them down. Amen? That's not what I'm saying. We need to be free in God's house and in His kingdom to worship. But if you think just because you raise hands, that's going to get you through your trial, or you shout loud enough, or you, you can run around this building four or five times. That's not going to take you out of your trial. You can holler, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That might calm your spirit. Maybe. And I love that song that... uh, What's that song that that, that new group just come out with? Seventh? Anybody know the name of that group? Seventh Time Down. The name of it is uh, Just Say Jesus. Just say Jesus. Right in the middle of a trial, just say Jesus. And that will comfort you during that time when when you don't know what to say. You say, I don't know what to say, Brother George. I'm in the middle of a trial. What do I say? Just say Jesus. It'll calm your spirit and and it'll cause you to be still and know that He's God. 
But what Paul is trying to tell them here, if you're going to make it through a trial, if you're going to make it through what you're going through, it's not going to be through outward circumstances. It's going to be through the working of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And power, true power of the Holy Spirit is knowing God intimately. Amen. And this is why we don't see a lot of worship in the church today, and especially in Baptists. Oh, we just don't worship like that, Brother George. It's not that. It's because you don't know how to worship like that. And the reason we don't know how to worship sometimes is we don't know God good enough. That's country, amen? Good enough. That's it. You need to know Him good enough. Right. We don't know Him intimately that He's strengthened our inner man, that we want to give Him praise. Oh, we know Him head knowledge. Paul said, I want you to know more than just head knowledge. I want you to know more than just quoting Scripture. I want you to know more than the bylaws in the church and the Baptist doctrine. I want you to know, know, know Him. I want you to know Jesus more than anybody else just like I know Him. This is why I can... Paul said, this is why I can make it through trials. This is why I don't get discouraged when they run me out of town, when they call me names, when they try to stone me for preaching the gospel. That's why I can get up and go. When my get up and go has almost got up and gone, I call on Jesus. That's how I can keep going on for Christ. But most of us, when we get a little trial, we want to throw in the towel. And most of them trials will come on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Oh, I can't go to church today. I got a headache. Oh, good Lord. I can't go, Brother George. The cat got out the cat door at the back and it's in the backyard and I'll just run around for two hours. I can't go. I'm tired. I wonder what God thinks sitting up in heaven sometimes when we give Him them type of excuses. And I'm not being mean. I'm being real. We can't go to church for a headache or a big toe or a hanged toenail, but we'll go on crutches to see the Razorbacks play. Or to a Lake Hamilton game. Amen? But if it gets below 40, we can't worship. Amen? It's here. You might want to get ready. I want to let you in a little secret. It's fixing to get cold. And I'm not about to tell y'all what the weather forecast is. Y'all won't come back tonight. Sunny and 85 at 6 p.m. tonight. Amen. Come worship. But Paul said when your get up and go has got up and gone, you've got to be strengthened by the inner man. Go to that in verse 14, Michelle. I want to read this through again. It says in the next verse. Yeah, right, right there. From the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He said, I want to pray that not just, not just the family in heaven, but the family... He said, the body of Christ needs to be strengthened. The body of Christ is going to experience trials and tribulations. And, and listen, it's already happening. Isn't it amazing? This cracks me up. How... One person that claims to be an atheist can go in that someone, a Christian, has worked for for years and knock prayer out. Or don't want them Ten Commandments. It takes one. But it takes thousands of Christians to stand up. You know why? Because that's the work of Satan. That's how he works. It seems like if I don't like something, all i got to do is go to school or go to a public place and say, I don't like your shoes. You don't wear them to work tomorrow. Take them off. They offend me. It's done. That's how politically correct 
Our country has got. I'm going to stop preaching there because I could go a long ways than I am. As long as, you know, we don't offend you. Oh, don't offend nobody or the name of Jesus. Don't tell them they're lost. Don't tell them that there's a hell. Don't tell them that they sin. Just play along and go along. We'll all have church and everybody be happy. And in the meantime, nobody gets strengthened on the inside. And we all get strengthened on the outside. We all look good and the Holy Spirit never speaks to us. And just everybody have a good time in Jesus. Everybody's going to heaven. (laughs) I got news for you folks. Everybody's not going to heaven. Only the people that have called upon the name of the Lord is going to heaven. And you may be here this morning saying, Brother George, I believe you can inherit salvation. I, I, you're reading the wrong Bible. You ask Paul, Paul didn't inherit it because he was an apostle. He was, Paul said, I'm the chiefest of all Pharisees. I know the law better than anybody, but that doesn't mean I can go to heaven because I have head knowledge. It's because I've been strengthened and touched in the inner man. And if you have, if you've been saved, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. He strengthens you on the inside. It's just like here the other day, Hunter was Hunter was gone, and he was he went out deer hunting. We went out duck hunting or deer hunting somewhere. He was gone somewhere on out around running around doing something. And so I said, I need to call. It's been about thirty minutes, so I was going to call and see where he's at. And I dialed his phone. And as soon as I dialed it, it went straight to his voicemail. What does that mean when it goes straight to voicemail? It's turned off or... Huh? Out of range or... It's dead! And so I said, well, he's got it turned off. He's not even even listening. So I went back about ten minutes later. I called him again. Straight to voicemail. I said, he knows to carry that phone with him. I went to walking around, looking. I walked in his room, just looking, looked on his dresser. There was the phone. 20 miles from the charger. I picked his phone up, pushed the button, no light come on. I pushed him buttons harder. Man, I shook that phone. I turned it upside down, pushed them buttons, push, push, push. It didn't matter what I did on the outside. That phone was not coming on. I could shake it. I could scream, Turn on! Move it around. That phone is not coming on until I went over to that cord and I plugged it into that cord and the power that I could not see went through the wall, through the cord and into that phone and I turned it over the wall. As soon as I plugged it in, turned it on and went blink and all this 4G droid stuff started coming on, all that music. I said, look at there. There's nothing I could have did on the outside to make that phone come on. But as soon as I plugged it into some power and that power went through that cord into that dead phone, poof, it gave it life. This is what God wants to do through us by the power of the Holy Spirit right in the middle of one of your trials. Paul said that they were losing heart. They need to be strengthened by the inner man. And a lot of us lose heart and fall out in trials is because we're not close to Jesus. And we just throw the towel and give up. God says, really? You want to experience my power? Be strengthened on the inside. It'll be amazing what I do. Right in the middle of your trial, you'll recognize who Jesus is. That doesn't mean that He'll pick you up and pull you out of the trial. That just means you'll recognize that He's in the trial with you. And that brings peace and that brings comfort. 
Paul said that he would grant you according to the riches of glory, his glory, to be strengthened with the might through his spirit in the inner man. Now, after you're right in the middle of a trial, you get plugged in, you get strengthened. Look what he says in the next verse. I love this. It says that Christ may dwell. Here's the whole key. Dwell. I'll say it again. Dwell. That word dwell means to make yourself at home. How many of y'all like to make yourself at home? Y'all love to make yourself at home till I come over and visit. Amen? I guarantee you, here's what would happen. If I pulled up in your driveway, the reason I know because I've done it. If I pull up in your driveway this afternoon, you're going to run around. Oh, and you'll be, man, there's shoes on the floor. You're throwing them in the back room. You'll open the door. You'll throw everything, kick it in there. You will clean the living room area and lock every door going down the hall. The preacher's here. And when I come in, you're sitting back in the couch going, come on in, brother. You make me think that your whole house looks like the living room. Amen? We all have Jesus places. Amen? We all have our Jesus places. Whether it's our house or in our hearts, we have Jesus places. I'll clean up one little room like it's here and all this other stuff. I'll shut the door on it. Jesus, you can come in my living room. We'll watch TV. We'll fellowship. But you're not going to the back bedroom. I got socks. I got uh, uh, underclothing. I got everything. Laying out on the floor. Drinks from last night. Y'all don't have kids, do you? <laughs> I went in Hunter's room two weeks ago and found a... It's not, it's not a Mountain Dew. It's them off-brand Mountain Dews. Huh? Mountain Lightning. I went in there and there was a clear glass on his dresser. That Mountain Lightning had that much thicky... Gun, I, smell, I stirred it up and smelled Whoa! I had mountain wine right there. I mean, it was bad. It done fermented. I went over and poured that stuff in the toilet and took that thing to... It had sit there and got fermented and sour. Man, I just... I didn't have time to clean it. Didn't want to I just shut the door. I said, there ain't nobody going in there. I'm shutting it. But we all have Jesus places spiritually that we don't want Jesus to come into. We'll clean up on Sunday... We'll throw a good smile on and come to church, but you're not going to the back bedrooms, Jesus. I'll go worship, I'll sing, I'll sit there, I'll listen to Brother George preach, I want him to make me laugh, I want to have a good worship service, but when I leave there, the only place you go is my living room. And until, listen, this is, what, this, is, this is what strengthens us during a trial. When we allow the Holy Spirit to have freedom in our house, this house... Our house at home and our house right when He can dwell. When Jesus can come in and say, I, I can make myself a home in Paula's heart. Then that gives Him freedom to bring us through. Freedom brings power. This is why we lose heart. Freedom brings power for God to move in. And some of us has got, listen, there's some of us has got doors locked on the back doors of our heart. Things that happened in our childhood. Things that happened years ago in a divorce. And we just locked the doors on them. 
We all got locked doors. You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but you got them. You got the key and you ain't telling nobody where it's at. We all got locked doors. You get burned on something, you're not going down that road again. I do it as a preacher. I know you do. Somebody does something to me in church, I'm locking the door on you, baby. <laughs> Burn me once, but you ain't burning me twice. I will watch next time. Sometimes I tell the devil that. Burn me once, devil. I'll learn next time. I'll just lock that door. And the devil's going, lock it, brother, lock it. Because he knows if I lock it that the Holy Spirit can't come in and have freedom and I'll stick and be the same old ugly person I've always been and there'll be no change. The Holy Spirit can't change me, but I got my, but I got my Jesus place all looking good. Amen? I got dirty socks in the floor in my bathroom. Toothbrush ain't been washed. Y'all people don't live life. My toilet ain't even flushed. Don't tell me you don't live life. I know. Some of y'all say, I'm preaching this. Some of y'all's going, angel wings are coming up and you're going, I'll be glad to go home. You act like you don't live life. Act like you had never hid nothing in your house. Thank you. But we all have hidden things that keep the inner man from being strengthened. If all he has is my living room wall and all my bedrooms are locked, that's not freedom. I'm still bound by the devil. If all I give him is a room to worship on Sunday, but then I leave and all my other doors are locked during the week with that one room, I don't experience Jesus. I was there. I got knowledge of it. It was an experience. But it really wasn't no change. You know what it is? Information. We love information. We as church people, we are full of information. How many people did Nebuchadnezzar throw in the fiery pit? Three. What was their names? What was the name of the person that got swallowed by a whale? What was the man that took his son up on the mountain and was going to sacrifice him as an offering? And what was his son's name? Oh man, y'all are good. Information, information, information. Head knowledge, but denying the power thereof. In here. When I deny the power of it, and just have head knowledge and have no deny the power, then I'm not free. Yes, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... There you go, we know it. But it's really not freedom until we first unlock the doors and give God room to work. Brother George, you don't know the life I've been brought up in. No, I don't. But I know Jesus can heal it. You're not the first person to ever be abused, raped, drugged, alcoholic. Amen? It's been that way through history. This world, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, has had problems. That's why we need to say, Jesus. 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 That's the only thing that's going to help our problems. Is Jesus. It's the only thing that's going to help this country. 
Don't think the devil don't know that. As long as he keeps this country political correct and looking good on the outside but keep the inside bound up, he's got us. And so Paul said, it needs to be strengthened so then you will know that your faith will be grounded. When next trial comes, you'll be, I mean, anchored to Jesus Christ. You'll turn and go to Him instead of calling your friend on your iPhone. <laughs> Amen? How many of us get in trouble and the first thing, we don't bow down and say, Jesus, we can, oh, i got to call Lanisa and tell her about this stuff. Oh! <laughs> Wait till my sister friend hears this. Oh, girl, you won't believe this. Woo! Some of y'all is going to go home today. Oh, you won't believe what that preacher preached today. Woo! Instead of just bowing down and saying, Jesus. And we wonder why our get up and go is got up and gone. Jesus. And so Paul said, I want you to know the depth, the height, the width, the length. When you know that, he says, you will be filled with the fullness of God. Let's go down to verse 20. I want to key on this. I'm fixing to close on this verse. Now to Him, here it is. This is, our, this is a shouting verse right here. Man, I done preached all that. This is shouting stuff. Now to Him, which is talking about Jesus, who is able, who's able to do anything in your life? Who's able to heal? Who's able to mend broken marriages? Who's able to grow churches? Who's able to save souls? Who delivered everyone in the Old Testament? Who's delivering you today? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Who is able? Jesus. And everybody goes, whoa, He's able! Yes! And that is true. But this is why we're not experiencing Jesus today in our lives you gotta, you got to read the second half. There's a condition. There's a condition with this verse. Look. Now to Him who is able to exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly, above all, do more than we ask or even could imagine or think. Jesus, I can do more than you can even imagine I can do. I can turn your life around. I can save your soul. I can grow this church. I can, be, I can do things that y'all can't even imagine. Would blow your mind. Kind of like it's going to be when we get in heaven. Amen. Man, can you imagine the first day you step into heaven? See, I get to preach this a lot at funerals. Because when a person takes their last breath here on this earth, and they're a saved child of God, their next breath is in heaven. Amen. You're not sitting around in the grave. They say, Brother George, I, I believe I'm in that casket until Jesus comes back. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. That means then. Amen? That's great. Amen. When you take your last breath, boom, your next breath is in eternity. And then, you know what eternity is? You're just saying hi. <laughs> you get that on the way home. It's the only beginning. Hi. Eternity. It's a long time. Forever and ever and ever and ever. I love people. I lo I'll be so glad when we get into heaven. These people that didn't worship down here and want to experience Jesus down here, 
or didn't have passion down here. And even all them people that talked about my preaching, <laughs> I can't wait to see them in heaven. <laughs> Amen? Because they're not going to be sitting on their thumbs. They're not going to be going, boy, he's kind of crazy. He's radical. This guy runs everywhere and hollers. And they're be going, oh, Jesus! Oh, it's heaven! I made it! Most of them be going, I can't believe it! <laughs> but I made it! And you're going to be so excited. And I wish we could just, I wish for one Sunday in our churches in Garland County, God would open up heaven, let it come down in His glory, fall in the church for 30 minutes. We'd have some changed churches come next Sunday. Amen? We would be changed churches. It would change our worship, change our motivation, change our evangelism. We'd have passion. We would want to go out and seek and see the lost saved. We'd want to do children's ministry. We'd want to sing. We'd want to go to church. Because of His glory. I brought a little, let me read that second verse. Here's the condition. That we ask or think, here it is, this is how God is powerful in your life or not powerful. Yes. You say, I'm saved, Brother George. Just because you're saved don't mean God's powerfully working in your life. Yes. There's a difference from being saved and being under lordship authority. Amen. There's a lot of people that are saved that don't make Christ Lord of everything. Yeah. They don't surrender everything because they got a Jesus place and their living room is the only thing they keep clean. And there's a lot of people in the church. That's why Jesus said it's hard to follow Him. You say, Brother George, does that mean i got to sell everything? The house, the four-wheeler, the boat, the fishing poles? No. You just got to seek ye first the kingdom of God. You can love the Lord and fish and hunt and have the best boat and Larry Vaughn can take the preacher fishing and all that. God's not against you having stuff. It's just when that stuff becomes bigger than His glory. Amen. Then it's about me and not Him. We worship the blessing, but we don't worship the blesser. Amen. That's what I'm preaching tonight. Y'all got to come back and hear that. We always worship the gift and not the giver. Oh, we love gifts. We just don't surrender to the giver. And Paul said, when you do that, something great's going to happen. When, when a person is fully sold out and surrendered and lets the Holy Spirit have freedom in their heart in every room, according to that, here's what's going to happen. According to how much you allow that freedom to go on in your heart and surrender, according to the power that works in you. According to how much you step back and surrender to Jesus is how much the Holy Spirit is going to have a hold of you. That's how much, that's why churches, listen, this is the whole key here of why, boy, I, you know, man, God's just not moving in our church like yours, Brother George. You're talking about this and this and people getting saved and doing this. It's not happening to us because it's according to how much you're letting Him work. Amen. If you're only giving Him the living room, but I clean my living room up good, I want Him to, you know why you just clean the living room? Because you want Jesus to think that your whole house looks like the living room. And that's why He doesn't have full reign. That's why He don't work in churches. That's why I support it in church. Not only just working in my heart, but to be able to work in a whole church body, the church has got to be sold out. You can't just say, well, I can live like I want. I'm my own person. You don't have to tell me what to do. I don't, but God's Word says this is what we do if you want my power working in your body. 
This is what you do. Very simple. It works like this, because here's, here's a lot of Christians. Uh-huh. I got it today, boy. I got enough to last a whole hour, so we got another hour to preach. That's a big tank. Uh, I need someone to come up and help me here. Ashley, you want to come help me? Good. Because I'm preaching, you may want to hold these. Okay. Cut me off right there. And we'll put that one there. Okay. Yep. Okay. One more. Can I make them long enough? Because I'll never reach them. Uh, just away from my finger, be good. All right. Okay. Now you can put the scissors down. We're over the dangerous part. Okay, this is the church right here. All these balloons. There's a whole... Man, that's a church full in there, alright? I'm not... just Yeah, just sit right there. Yeah, I'll be need you in a minute. Here's how we do church. That verse says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask. Amen! Whoa. Yes, he can! But usually that's the people that get in a trial... See that verse before that said that he needs, we need to be filled with the fullness of God... If all you're giving Him is your living room, you're not expanding your house to Him. You're just letting Him in that one room. And you're only experiencing Him in that one room. He wants your whole house. Well, there's a lot of Christians that are in church that are saved. They get in church and go through a trial, and they can't be lifted up. They can't be lifted up above that trial. You know why? A balloon is supposed to act like a balloon. Okay, watch this. This balloon will definitely lift up above the trial down here. Watch this. They're losing heart because they're not making it over to the... That's why your prayers don't make it over the ceiling. Amen? Because you are empty. Now, you can be saved, but there's nothing filling you of God. There's no freedom of the Holy Spirit to roam in your heart. You're only giving Him Sunday morning and that's it. And I won't read the Bible. I won't pray. As long as I get in church on Sunday morning, I think I'm good. And then a trial comes, you fall flat on your face. You can't even look up above it. And you wonder, why am I not strengthened? I go to church. It's not about just church. I'm strengthened so I can go back to church. And then I can say, what can I give back to the church? Instead of all the time saying, church, give me, give me, give me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Burp me. That's what we do. And then we wonder why we lose heart in a trial. I mean, I'm a saved child of God. I look like a saved child of God. I look like a balloon. But I just have no power. And then all of a sudden, you give God more than just your living room. You give Him that bedroom where the socks were. He comes in, has freedom. He cleans it up. And let me, let me leave you a little secret. When you open that door to Jesus, He's not always condemning you. He comes in with love and helps you clean that room. Amen. He don't stand over you with a whip and say, Clean it! Amen. You know what Jesus does? He gets down and gets on that bed and says, Here, let me help you. Here, You got that over there. There's a sock here. Put that in the hamper. And Mevin always wonders, gets on to me, why I help Hunter. Amen. It's a great golly. 
He puts it on the bed. Jesus says, come on over here. Let's clean this up. And he has your arm around. He loves you. He said, you messed up, but I still love you. I want you to know what my rules are. What Grace will come in, but there's boundaries. And if you get outside them boundaries, you're going to feel like you're bound up. But inside my grace and boundaries, you'll feel more free than you ever felt. The chaos will stop in your life. God's not the author of confusion. That's why He gives us boundaries. That's why the Bible says, the Bible in a bunch of thou shalt not and do not do this. It's boundaries of grace and love to keep you from messing up. You'll experience more in Jesus when you open up your whole house to Him than just a living room. You grow and here's what happens. All of a sudden when you do that and you give Him the whole house and you become filled with the fullness of God and that trial comes up, the next trial comes upon you, here's what Jesus does. Because see, a balloon's supposed to expand. That's what makes it a balloon. That's not really... I mean, it looks like a balloon, but it don't act like a balloon. So then when I put this dude on there... Whoa! He's saying, that's enough Jesus. Don't pump him no more. Man, I hope I can tie this. It ain't going to blow. I'm glad I wasn't ever a clown. Tie that string on there for me. Hold on to him. He's a, it's a balloon now. It's been filled. Hold up. All of a sudden, I come in again. I give Jesus, I say a prayer. I get on my knees. I surrender myself to Him. Lord, you can have more, my li- just more than my living room. Yeah, we scream sometimes. It's hard. Sometimes it's painful. I should let you tie these, Ashley. Do it. I got to just hold on to that balloon right there. Here's another person comes in church. He does more than just church, more than just Sunday. He prays that Jesus gets filled, really knows what the fullness of God is. I'm going to tie Tim, but Tim can't tie either. Here comes another person into church. I mean, comes to the altars maybe, does the same thing. Got a lot of sin in his life. It's being cleaned up. He go, don't wrap him too much. I need him. Oh, you tied it? Man, I'm good. He go. <laughs> All right, give me the church now. <sighs> now, this is what Jesus says Christians should look like. Amen. Amen? Now when a trial comes, see, this is what you used to look like. You're saved, you may be going to heaven, but you're not filled with the fullness of God. You're not being strengthened on the inside. So then when a trial comes, you go straight to the ground. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Well, Two 
of them made it over their trial, the other two went to heaven. Amen? Man, I had to think fast on that one. Man. Had to think fast. But see, this is what happens when you're fooled and strengthened by the inner man. He lifts you up over your problems. They don't mean you don't have problems. But when Jesus has freedom, you view your problems all differently. Instead of thinking, hey, it's all going, my world is falling apart. When, listen, I'm going to tell you, when you have all your eggs in one basket, and it's in this world, you're going to be let down, hurt, and disgusted. But when it's in Jesus, He'll lift you up. If all, listen, if everything you got in this world is about this world, and, and Christians can be focused on this world. I mean, they gotta have the job, gotta have the car, gotta have this, gotta, 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 gotta. I gotta beat the Joneses. Got, now I gotta beat the Joneses' kids and their grandkids. And the whole time, you're living like this balloon as a Christian. But when you surrender and give Jesus your whole house and get filled up with the fullness of God, He lifts you up. Where are you at this morning? Amen. You say, Brother George, see, I'm talking about more than being saved this morning. Salvation is the greatest experience you'll ever make. The greatest decision will be to ask Christ in your heart. But now, some of us have been saved for 30, 40, 50 years. And I told my class this morning, Adam raised their hand. How many of y'all in this class got saved? Let's do it in here. How many of y'all got saved 20 years and below? Raise your hand. 20 years and below. 20 years old or below. Younger. 9 to 20. 8 to 20. Look here. Now, put your hands down. How many got saved after they were 20 on up to your 40s or 50s? See what the number is? So many more get saved from 9 to 20 than 20 and above. But see, even all these in here, majority was below 20. And I asked them this morning, once you get saved, and this is what Jesus is asking us, when you get saved... Then what? You're saved. Now what? Oh, I'm going to heaven, Brother George. That's all I need. And you live the rest of your life like a deflated balloon. Because you go to heaven. That's, and so we've had it in our mind, eternal life. And that is the greatest decision. But some of us are going to be on this earth for 40, 50 more years. Now what's Jesus going to do with you? You go, listen, you might have got saved at 20, but between 20 and 60, you're going to have a lot of hurts, a lot of pains, and a lot of trials. It's called life. And if I can't never rise up above it, it's, it's going to be a struggle, amen? So, let's pray that God will fill us, fill this church with the fullness of God, amen? amen. And if you've been locking your heart's door and you've been holding on to something and won't let it go, Jesus will not move mightily in your life according to the power that works in you. It's how much power you're letting go work in you. Some of us have this much power and some of us, man, it's just, it rises us up. That's how Christ works in our lives and our church according to how much we let Him. How much we let Him. Where are you at this morning? Is Tim and him come? Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. But Lord, let us do more than just have Jesus places.
Let us do more than just offer you our living room and, and lock every door in the house. And Lord, let's quit putting on false pretenses and making everybody think that my living room, my whole house looks as clean as my living room. Until we can surrender and say, Jesus, you can go in that bedroom, you can go in that bedroom, you can go in that bathroom, you can go in the kids' room, you can go down the hall. When we give you free access, Jesus, you're able to work and move and lift us up above everything that we go through. Strengthen us. Lord, help us not to lose heart as a church body. Keep the fires burning in this church body, in our hearts. There may be some in here this morning that feels like their get up and go has got up and gone. But it can be renewed and refilled and recharged through the power of God today. No matter what the mistakes are in the past, no matter where they've been, Jesus, you're standing here with your arms wide open. Willing and ready to accept us and say, I love you. You failed, yes. Get up and let's go. And he's telling this church, let's get up and go. We don't have time to play church. Let's be busy about the Father's business. Lord, you have your way in this service today. In Jesus' name. And everyone saying? As the altar workers come and everyone that's here this morning, let's all stand. The altars are open. Whatever God is laying on your heart, you come. It's between you and God right now. This is you and God time. This is time to know more than just head knowledge. But seek Him. Seek Him to go deeper with Him in heart knowledge. Come right where you're at. Come. Don't be embarrassed. No matter if you failed, you messed up, maybe you feel yourself being cold, moving away from God, come. This isn't a time to be timid. This is not a time to hold back. It's time to come to Jesus. 